inside. Kempe dishes in front. Another sliding head saved by Flurry. This time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity. Lizana sliding head save. Robin Leonard. What a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Let's get at it. Hour number one featuring uh, an interview with Logan Thompson of the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, fun conversation. If you missed it, uh, check out the podcast. Hour number two will uh, center on uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, who is a finalist for the Vesna Trophy winner, top goaltender in the American Hockey League. Uh, we'll get to that sound in just a little bit, as well as Zach Whitecloud with uh, an emotional statement today uh, regarding the discovery of uh, 215 graves and bodies uh, that were uh, buried at the residential school complex in Kamloops. And uh, residential schools so were where a lot of First Nation uh, children were sent uh, in um, the earlier years and uh, were not treated very well uh, by uh, my country. And uh, there's uh, a lot of uh, fallout, a lot of recognition that is coming towards that, a lot of admission of uh, wrongdoing about that. But the discovery last week of those uh, 215 bodies in Kamloops has uh, really uh, staggered uh, Canada and uh, getting some uh, some significant reaction from those, uh, both uh, First Nations uh, and those uh, who are not uh, First Nations uh, heritage. Uh, Zach Whitecloud is and offered a really uh, heartfelt uh, commentary uh, today. We'll get to that in just a little bit as well. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. This is the VGK Insider Show, the Vegas Golden Knights, with a second day off between games one and two of the West Division Final against the Colorado Avalanche. And how important do you think this day, extra day, is to the Golden Knights and the uh, anticipated and hopeful success of the the series? Yeah, I, I think that this, this extra day is kind of a big one for the Vegas Golden Knights. It, it allowed you to just kind of reset mentally and, and reset, get away from the rink uh, for a day after Sunday. And, and now it allows for you uh, a, a day to kind of get back on the ice work through a couple of things, get everything in order and, and ready to go for game number two. Uh, the rest is important. The ability to kind of decompress and, and get away from hockey for a day is important. And I think it, it really does help the Golden Knights uh, as they look toward game number two. Talked about the 7-1 decision in favor of the Avalanche in our number one. Uh, let's get into Ryan Reeves and the absence of uh, Big 75, who will not be available for games two and three because of the two-game suspension uh, after what occurred during the scrum against Graves. Uh, what were your opinions of it on Sunday, and how do you uh, address the suspension today? Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> Like I'm all for sending a message. I, I'm I'm not really the biggest fan of of doing it in that way. Um, I think that that the two game suspension was maybe on the lighter side from what I kind of imagined it was going to be. Uh, I think that's a kind of a positive net positive for the Golden Knights. And you know the way that I'm kind of looking at it is you've got an opportunity for say a guy like Keegan Colasar to get back in the lineup and and try to. To, to make an impact as best he can in this series. And, you know, as we've talked about all year long with the Golden Knights, as we've talked about with, with this team, next man up, that's what you've got to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what the lines are going to look like. And, and if Colasar does draw into the lineup, 
Uh, he's kind of been one of those guys we've been circling around saying this could be an X factor. This could be a guy that, that really does some good things for the Golden Knights in these playoffs. I thought he had, uh, at times, some really good stretches in the Minnesota series. Yeah, I agree, 100%. Uh, the Golden Knights will play Game 2 tomorrow night and then return home to T-Mobile Arena for dates on Friday and Sunday. Full capacity uh, right there. Uh, now, there's still some, going to be some areas that are cordoned off uh, due to uh, COVID uh, in and around the bench area and the penalty box area. But uh, for uh, large uh purposes we can say they're back to uh to full capacity looking forward to that and what that sounds like because twelve thousand for game seven in that building was raucous and was incredible but without uh, ryan reeves uh in the lineup they're gonna have to find uh different ways to uh navigate uh things the the fourth line is going to be uh a look uh, take on a, a different uh, look uh, to it. Uh, if you're complaining about the two-game suspension, though, uh, and and nothing for Graves, just remember, like the the Pacioretty bump check, reverse check. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. worried they might look at that, and so not not saying that one cancels out the other, but uh, if uh, Graves doesn't get anything, I thought he might get a fine. Right. I'm shocked he didn't get at least a fine because that was late. And that was high uh, on Matthias Janmark. But if if they're going to penalize that, then they probably would have taken a look because it was pretty similar, uh, the the Max Pacioretty hit. So you, you know what I'm saying here? Maybe maybe a canceling of both is okay? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think so. I, I You know, again, you, you kind of have those situations where the, the Graves hit is absolutely late. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's not the... You, Matthias Yamark doesn't have the puck. It's it's after he gets rid of the puck. Like it, it's a late hit for sure. Now at the same time, when when you kind of go in with the Max Patch ready play, uh, the argument that I got quite often was, well, that's a hockey play. It's a reverse hit. It's not his fault that Sam Gerrard is leaning in. And while that's also 100% fair, um, you are in control of of where your you know where you're at, what your body is doing in space, and where you hit your opponent. Um, Head contact on both angles. Head head contact on both sides. Um, listen, you could you could get really really technical, and you could say both of these should be a suspension, even though there have been hits quite like the Ryan Graves hit on Matthias Yanmark that were not suspensions previous. Um, the way that I see it, uh, the the Golden Knights are lucky. Max Pacioretty isn't isn't suspended or didn't face any supplemental discipline. Um, the Colorado Avalanche are lucky that Ryan Graves is is going to be in their lineup and available. And for the Golden Knights, it's, again, another point of dealing with adversity. You've you're got to deal with the adversity of not having Matthias Janmark as he's, he's termed day-to-day, but it, we're, we're, it's more likely he's not going to play tomorrow. And you don't have Ryan Reeves. So it creates an opportunity for a couple of guys to step into this lineup and try to make an impact. And that's what they've done all year long. The uh, Golden Knights... We're down two nothing after one, and then it got worse from there, and culminating with that scrum in front of uh, Robin Leonard. Hey, just uh, acknowledgement of Robin Leonard. That was a tough situation to go into. I, I absolutely uh, supported and expected, and uh, wasn't surprised uh, if I couldn't run the gamut there that Robin Leonard started that game after. Marc-Andre Fleury went the full uh, distance against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, they certainly didn't lose because Robin Leonard went in. Uh, that was a that was a tough one to absorb because once he was in, like he, he wasn't coming out unless he was hurt. 
uh, Mark Andre Fleury was getting a rest day no matter what. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, again, it's one of those situations where we've we've talked about Mark Andre Fleury all season long, and especially down the stretch when you know when when I think he won his last nine starts of the regular season, and the reason being is the more rest you can get Marc-Andre, the better. And and I think you look at this pocket of allowing Fleury four days off between games, four days to rest, that was too enticing for Pete DeBoer. I understood the decision-making. And the Colorado Avalanche just went out and played one of their best 60-minute games of the entire season. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't work out the way that the Golden Knights intended it to. If you go in there and Robin Leonard steals you a game, great. But... You know, it it was just Colorado in, in imparting their will on that game and on the Golden Knights. I didn't see that happening. Even with a quick turnaround, I didn't see that uh, that kind of result happening. And uh, it wasn't pretty. Now it's a bounce-back game for the Vegas Golden Knights. So one of the unique parts of the Game 1 result was Ryan Reeves receiving nine minutes in penalties and the Colorado Avalanche going on a nine-minute power play. Uh, yeah. Full honesty from this man over here. I've never seen a nine-minute power play put up on the scoreboard before. I've seen five. I've seen two. I've seen four. I've never witnessed a nine-minute power play to the point where I thought it was a mistake. It, it, um, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was pretty wild to see... Uh, nine minutes in power play yeah. time for the Colorado Avalanche, and I, I think at the time my, you know, my reaction to it was, okay, all right, like I, I mean, and it was six one point, at the right? time. Yeah, like it's it's six to one. It's a nine minute power play. Mm-hmm. Like I I just felt like that about sums up what that game yeah. was for the Golden Knights, right? Like that, that if you wanted a visual representation of what it was like for the Golden Knights against Colorado Avalanche, just show nine minutes on the on the power play for the Colorado Avalanche and you get exactly what you're looking for. It got me thinking though. Mm. I don't if I don't remember ever seeing a nine minute power play, and that's kind of a thing that may stick in your head if you've witnessed it before, but like mm-hmm. I haven't seen everything like to pretend that I have. So I reached out to NHL Stats, our good friends over okay. there. And Stu, uh, thank you, Stu, got back to me right Hi, away. Stu. And he said that they've found one instance since 1944-45 when penalty times were reliably kept. When uh, a team received nine-minute power play in a playoff game. So one time since 44-45 where a team received a nine-minute power play in a playoff game. It was the fifth game of the conference quarterfinals, which I believe is the first round, <laughs> going, going back to that, uh, of a first-round series between the Flyers and the Lightning in 1996. So hmm. one time since 44-45, it was in 1996, Philadelphia's Sean Antosky received a match penalty and two roughing minors uh, in the third period. The Flyers killed it off. Wow. Did not allow a goal. Well, shorthanded, and they won the game 4-1. So imagine (laughs) that. They were shorthanded for nine straight minutes protecting a lead in a playoff game. But but what we we witnessed with that nine-minute power play, 
has only happened, as far as we know, once in a playoff game. Yeah, that's wild. Weird. Imagine looking up, like you're, you're Robin Leonard, <laughs> and you just want to get out of there. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, like, yeah. Were you not, while the cameras were, were tight on the scrum, were you not in the back of your mind thinking, there could be a goaltender come skating into my frame at any point here? meaning Robin Leonard from the other end, yeah. and all hell is going to break loose. That's what I was thinking. I'm a little surprised like it, in that moment it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, is Again, because frustration, like we all understand it, we all get it. But, um, I mean, that's that's restraint, I think, right, on, on Robin Leonard's part to like not get into it too much. And, um, you know, the Golden Knights got their frustrations out, hopefully in terms of, of the scrums and, and kind of those extracurriculars and – uh, again, they'll they'll come ready to just go out and and play their game tomorrow night. Most goals that uh, Robin Leonard's uh, surrendered, and uh, he is of course sharing the Jennings Trophy with Mark Andre Fleury for fewest goals allowed in the National Hockey League this year. And today we learned that Mark Andre Fleury, for the first time in his career, is going to be a finalist for and is a finalist for the Vesna Trophy. And Mark Andre spoke earlier today. Uh, it's pretty cool. You know, I, I, I never go into a season thinking, uh, I want to be a, a nominee or finalist for the Vizina. You know, I think my thoughts always about winning games, you know, and, um, winning in the playoffs, right? That's always my mindset. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, looking for individual awards, but this, this is definitely very, uh, uh, flattering, and uh, I'm honored to, to be among these these guys. Just when you think it can't get any better for Mark Andre Fleury and this relationship with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Vegas Golden Knight fans, uh, this kind of season comes out of nowhere, uh, where he's 26 and 10 now, third all time in the National Hockey League of wins, uh, the shutouts, uh, the the playoff victories. Uh, it's been one of the greatest performances and. The Vesna Trophy is voted on by general managers. And we'll get into this with Kevin Woodley later in the week and give you all the intricate numbers uh, on things. Wins mean a lot. That uh, usually is is the dictating factor, and then everything else filters down. But this is a year where I could see a sentimental vote. Now, Marc-Andre Fleury earned this spot, Ryan, right? Like, there's no doubt that he deserved to be one of the finalists. Uh, but sentimentality... I'm hoping actually does play a role in the voting. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I mean, you, it's hard not to look at what Marc-Andre Fleury was able to do this year and not be impressed just simply because it, it's a year in which you look at Marc-Andre and you say, I think he's gotten better or taken another step mm-hmm. or found another gear. And then you sit that you sit back and you say, okay, well, you know, some young goaltenders can absolutely do that. Mark Andre's thirty six. Like his his, you know, this season for me is one of those seasons where I think you you look at it and you say, Mark Andre Fleury has done everything that he's needed to do. He's been excellent for the Golden Knights, and I you know I I look at him as as one of the three best goalies that that were in the NHL this year. I I, I don't see any fault in that whatsoever. If you want to make a, a a case for Andre Vasilevsky or Philip Grubauer. I think both guys have been exceptional. But for Mark Andre to do this at age 36, especially when the the entire point of the Golden Knights having both Mark Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard 
this year was to deal with that truncated schedule. And then you factor in the amount of time that Marc-Andre Fleury was the guy as Robin Leonard was out with a concussion and, and rehabbing and getting better. Like the workload that he had in the middle of the season and the fact that he hasn't slowed down to me gives, gives him this, this, the, the accolades of getting, of, of being a nominee. And I think it's the reason he should win it. BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I'm pretty sure that catching up with Chapman will include some kind of reasoning how Chapman influenced uh, Marc-Andre Fleury becoming a trophy finalist in some way, shape, or form. That's if Chapman survives Rita, uh, who I'm still hoping uh, is going to join the program uh, at the bottom of the hour. Uh, as far as where Fleury gets this great personality, which makes us love him so much, uh, he addressed that today. Uh, thank you for that. Um... I don't know. I, I think my mom was always the, the funnier one a bit. Um, but I don't know. I think like just uh, one thing my dad always told me, right, was go to the rink and try hard, do your best and, and have fun. That was always his two, uh, two things that would tell me, right? And that's why I've, I've tried to do on my life. And, um, you know, coming to the NHL at a young age to add a great group of veterans that you know, still brought that and um, emphasis on that, right? That you have to stay loose, you know, you keep smiling and having fun. And um, and to me, like to play well, I need, I think I need to be relaxed and smiling, right? And having fun. And that's when I play my, my best games, I think. And um, yeah, so I don't know. I just <laughs> go on my day. I'm lucky to do what I do, right? And you have a bunch, great bunch of guys here every day. So, still feel like uh, a young guy with them. One day. One day I want to live like Marc-Andre Fleury. Just one day. <laughs> I, You know, I wish that, like, the more fun that I had, the better I got at my job, but I, mm. I don't feel like that's the case. Like, it, some some guys yeah. are just naturally loose, and, and they can be as fierce and as fiery and as competitive as ever when they're joking around and, and trying to lighten the mood. And, and that, I think, is kind of the the essence of Marc-Andre Fleury. It's what makes him so special is in the tensest of moments, he's the calmest guy on the ice, and that's huge. You know, you just made me think of something when you oh, said you wished that you could be as loose and have so much fun as Marc-Andre Fleury while you do your job. But it's hard to do that and still do your job well. Because you got to be, yes. I'm thinking you got to be focused, you got to be on it, you got to be prepared, everything. And it's just hard to bring those two things and align them. You know what? You know who that person is that does live every day like that and and approaches their job like that? Chapman. Hmm. Hmm. And it's exactly how you'd, you'd think it would turn out. <laughs> yeah, the difference is, is he's good at his job. I'm marginal at best. So, oh, I don't think the listeners needed you to translate. Uh, well, that. I mean, <laughs> we were just waiting for the punchline. That's all. There, there's, oh, jeez. <laughs> and I, I, I will not take any credit for 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 this. I mean, oh, he, I'm, he's. <clears throat> I'm waiting for it. I, you know, it's one of those things, though, like all of us, the three of us have gotten the opportunity to get to know Mark andre over the years. And like, I, I, I kind of wish that the listeners got to talk to him the way we did, because he, he is such a gem 
of a human and just such a great guy in general and such a fun guy to talk to. Like, it's impossible to have a conversation with him and not walk away with the grin on your face because he's made you laugh. He's one of those guys where the PR team would have to tell people, okay, get away. Because he won't tell you to get away. What, what's the word? Infectious? Is that is that yeah. like, like yeah, he, he's got that personality where you're just, you're drawn to him and... Good word to use during a pandemic. Oh, sorry. But I thought, I thought it's now an epidemic. I don't know. But, you know, you, you, when you talk to him, you, you understand why the, the guys he plays with feel yeah. the way they do about him. Because I Great feel point. like like us in the media, I feel like we would like to do that for him if we were in that situation just by talking to him. So I can't imagine these guys who are around him a lot more than we are. Why? why or, or it's so easy to understand why. Everybody just wants to wants to fight with this guy, wants to be on his team. I mean, he is the consummate pro. He's a consummate teammate. And, and I'm going to echo Ryan's sentiments. I hope he wins. I really do. I like how he's so bashful. Yet, inside, <laughs> inside he's one of those most competitive guys in that group. Well, I, I think he just, it's genuine, right? Like he, he, there are there are parts of every person's personality that kind of like shine through in these in these unique situations. But, you know, at the same time, like you, you can be bashful and a fierce competitor. You can you can be a prankster, but not really want to talk about yourself very much in terms of your individual accolades and. You know, with with Mark Andre, I think that that's kind of the thing is that he's he's genuinely um, kind of a paradox at times, right? Like mm-hmm. he's he's a fun-natured, fun-loving prankster who absolutely wants to win and do whatever he can to do to to win a hockey game, to win the Stanley Cup, to win whatever it is. And and I I think that that's so interesting because again, for me, it's hard to balance fun and work at times it's it and it's a completely different job i get it but my point is like there are times where if you're focused in on too on too much of one thing the other will suffer and it doesn't really seem to be that way with mark andre the more fun he's having the better off he is the better he plays and you know in in those big moments you want that guy that's back there that's really just out there to have fun not going to make any apologies here. I'm going to get serious on the program for a second. Uh, there's a story in Canada that's taking uh, place right now. It involves uh, residential schools. And for more than uh, a century, thousands of Indigenous children were sent to these schools uh, across Canada, taken from their parents uh, in an attempt to assimilate them. Uh, these schools were run by religious institutions, operated as recently as 1996. They were, were rife with uh, with abuse um, and in sometimes, uh, some cases, uh, yeah, worse, which is uh, death. And uh, over the course of uh, the last few days, um, uh, calls for uh, mounting accountability have been uh, coming out after the discovery last week of 215 bodies at a former residential school in Kamloops, British Columbia. Zach Whitecloud is uh, of uh, the Indigenous heritage and spoke today very eloquently about uh, what uh, he has learned, his reaction, and uh, and just his feelings about the situation. I think, you know, my statement uh, kind of said uh, what I, I needed to say, and um, I thought it was important that 
uh, I use my voice uh, in my platform and uh, to uh, um, speak on on uh, you know the findings and and uh, you know just kind of say what I have to say and and uh, I reached out to um, you know some family members and and kind of got their views on it and and uh, you know some things to say and some things to cover and uh, I think the um, the most important message out of out of the whole thing is uh, I think the education aspect of it, learning uh, and acknowledging, you know, what uh, has gone on in the past. And, and, uh, and, and it's, again, it's the history isn't so much history uh, as it is. It's, it's current, you know, in today and um, you know, the, the, the last school closure uh, for residential schools was 1996 and um, some perspective on that. That's when I was born and, you know, that's only, you know, 24 years ago. So, um, you know, I think my statement, uh, I did my best to cover uh, all the topics and, and uh, go over the most important things. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what I had to say. So the statement uh, was put out by the Vegas Golden Knights and, and uh, as well as on Zach's uh, personal social media accounts and uh, covers off some uh, some really challenging, some really difficult uh, scenarios and uh, a situation right now uh, coming out of Kamloops and uh, is is growing across uh, Canada. So good on you, uh, Zach Whitecloud. Uh, prouder of him today uh, than I was yesterday as a hockey player. Zach Whitecloud of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, will join his teammates in trying to uh, even up their West Division Series tomorrow night at 1. We'll get more into what happened in Canada on the hockey side of it, as well as uh, maybe Rita joined us uh, in just a little bit. Rita? Give us a call on the uh, Fox Fox uh, Sports Net uh, listener line, 702-876-1340. So Fox Sports Las Vegas listener line, 702-876-1340. Rita only. Reserve that, and uh, we'll get to her take on Chris Chapman as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. On to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. The collapse of the Toronto Maple Leafs coming up, uh, losing in seven games to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the team has not won a series since 2004. We will get into it, including uh, a staggering front page of the Toronto Sun uh, in just a little bit. But uh, out of the gate on one-timers, let's bring in my good friend, my best friend, my great, yes. uh, my mentor, and uh, and my soulmate, Rita, uh, to uh, join the Fox Sports uh, Las Vegas VGK Insider Show. And Rita, uh, welcome to the program. It's nice to chat with you. Hi there. Uh, you had something to, you wanted to say to Chris Chapman, and I, I didn't want it to get lost on social media. I thought you should say it right here live on the radio. Well, actually, Chapman should have known it was coming because you don't know, but he knows about, I don't know, a week or 10 days ago. While Minnesota was trying to make this comeback, he said something about we were going to blow it and everything. So I sent him a nice text. I even said, please, like three or four times. I said, please don't say we're going to lose again. What does he do? He turns around on Friday and says, well, I'll eat crow if I'm wrong, but, you know, I just really feel like they're going to lose. Okay, here it is. It's time. It's time to do it. Serve it up. Let's go, Chappie. What do you have to say to Rita now? Rita, I obviously was quite wrong about Game 7. I will gladly 
eat that plate of crow. I, I could not have been more wrong. I'll, I'll own up to it. You know, I, I, I said all season that the Wild would beat the Golden Knights if they met in the playoffs, and I'm wrong. I, I was wrong. I apologize to you, Rita. Rita, what well, do you-, you know, let's not let this keep happening, you know. I know. We got a couple more series to go here. Oh, I'm all on board with that. I'm, I'm all on board with that. Let's go. Now, Rita, we, we have a decision to make. Do we really want Chris Chapman's vibes on our side, or are we happy to keep him on the other side away from us? Well, the hockey gods don't seem to like him. <laughs> no, you they have don't. a good point there. You are, you are absolutely right. So I'm thinking we don't let him on our bandwagon. I did sell my soul to the devils. so We, we give him a big old Heisman Trophy stiff arm. <laughs> And we say, get off our bandwagon. Rita, it's up I'm to you. I'm good with that. Okay. He's off. He's off. <laughs> thank you. He's off. Uh, Rita, you are you are one of the great ones. And uh, thank you for calling in and keeping our uh, keeping our esteemed Chris Chapman accountable. <laughs> thank you. Okay. There's Rita. That was uh, fun. BGK Insider Show. Don't screw with Rita. Oh, she was fired You're up. You're on the bad yeah. side now. So does that mean? Does that mean now I have to? I have to say that the Avalanche are going to win. I, I I don't care what you do, but you're not in our bandwagon. <laughs> Ryan, was that not one of the greatest moments in our show? It's always nice when someone just flat out tells you that you're wrong, Chapman. It's great, especially when it's Rita. Oh, she she put me in my place. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love my Rita. Yep. She didn't swear tonight today either. We did you have the you, delay you know, on just in case? I did. Yes. Well, now. <laughs> uh, you guys ready to get into this whole uh, North Division thing? Uh, well, Speaking of another we thing do, I was totally wrong on. Hold on. No, no, hold on. Yeah, before I do, I just want to pat myself on the back because in our official predictions, I have Montreal and Winnipeg. So Did you take them both? Welcome. I did. I did. I, I never if thought they If you read the would... show notes, you'd... You know that. Where do I find those things? Keep I moving them. them to you every day. Uh, I think you sent them twice today with no, a message I, that I, said, I, I, I actually, know you didn't read this. No, I sent them a second time because I couldn't open them on my laptop. I needed to send them a second ah. time. I've been having password issues and all this kind of stuff uh, all day Don't today. Don't use the same password. No, I know. It won't. It, here's the issue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this will be, this, you guys will get a kick out of this. Uh I had to change my Apple ID password. So yeah. everything I I try a new password. You can't use that password more than once in one year. I must have tried Oof. seven or eight different passwords. And they were all rejected because I've used them in the last year. That's how often I forget my password and have to change it. I'm a dolt. Yeah. Uh, the front page of the Toronto Sun after the Toronto Maple Leafs, the number one seed in the North, uh, favorite to come out of the North Division. With all that offense and a director of hockey strategy within their hockey operations department, <laughs> uh, the front page of the Toronto Sun today was a picture of Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, and the headline was Running Choke. Yep. And that headline was accompanied by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other previous front pages of the Toronto Sun, which also described previous disappointments. Those headlines were, the chokes on us, not again, been there, done that, cursed, 
Grizzly reminder, miracle on ice. <laughs> that was when uh, the, the Zamboni driver beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in their own rink. And out of miracles. It's... I, I've joked on, on this radio show about what would happen if the Toronto Maple Leafs lost in the first round, and we've all kind of giggled about it. The The reality is nothing can compare to what is actually happening there. Like, it's worse than I thought. And I don't know what they're going to do going forward. I don't either, because, like, the the easy thing to do, or I guess the 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 thought process that you can throw out there is, well, you've got great young players and they're going to learn and grow. But at the same time, this just continues to happen. And, and you can't, you can't do nothing when, when Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews combined for one goal in seven games against the Montreal Canadians, something has to change. Yeah. Like, you, you can't rely on those guys to win you a playoff series because up until this point, they've given you no reason to believe that they will. Like others that have been quiet in the past were good. Nylander was great. Spezza was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, he was fantastic. Like they, Jack they went, Campbell was good too. It's okay. Different series. Like the, the, the numbers were was like he was in a totally different series compared to Carey Price, who was yeah. amazing. But... It, uh, Montreal just beat them. Like, it wasn't as much a fluke as Montreal just beat them. I mean, the the Montreal Canadiens played yesterday in a Game 7. The Toronto Maple Leafs played yesterday in a Tuesday night regular season. Well, it, it was their like, worst game of the series at crunch time. So, I, yeah. one, one of the issues that I have with the, with the Toronto Maple Leafs is I think that there's... Uh, a confidence, a swagger, and arrogance that uh, is not accomplished. They haven't earned it yet. They haven't done enough yeah. to have that type of uh, approach and attitude. Uh, I didn't see any of that yesterday. Like they were, they were, uh, but but it wasn't like they were the plucky players either. They were just void of any confidence, which shocked me. Uh, for a seventh game, there there wasn't any emotion in their game. There wasn't any pushback in Nothing. their game. It, it was just a really talented team that is essentially accepted defeat before the puck was even dropped. That's uh, what it felt like to me watching that game. So they've changed managers during this run. They've changed a few managers actually since they last won a playoff series. Uh, yeah. Changed coaches several times, but in recent years they've they've changed both. Like Babcock gives way to Sheldon Keefe. Uh, Lou Lamorello gives way to Kyle Dubas. Uh, I don't know what they do here. They they brought in all the old players in Thornton, Spezza, Simmons. And by the way, having all the old guys on the second power play, I know it's happened all year, but it just, like, when I was watching it going, okay, now they really need a goal, and it's all old guys? Yeah. Like, what What's going on here? Um, I don't I don't know whether they change coaches I don't know whether they change manager. Uh, I don't know whether they changed their their bottom six, which they've uh, shouldn't have been an issue anyway. Because I actually like their bottom six better than more than than Edmondson's bottom six. Mm-hmm. I really have no. Cl- I think it'll be a new goaltender. Not. J- I think Jack Campbell will be there. I don't think Freddie Anderson will be around. Uh, I, yeah. But I don't know what they do. I really don't have a clue. But they 
were absent yesterday. Yeah, I, you're you're spot on. Like in in the game that they needed their biggest stars to put on a show to be their leaders, they didn't get it. And you know, obviously, you you kind of look at that game yesterday. No John Tavares, no Jake Muzzin, and yeah. and I think the the Sorry. Muzzin injury certainly helps, right? Like it it or hurts them in that game, but you've still got guys that are capable of going out there and dominating the game. Scoring more than one goal when they were already out of it. Yeah, no, 100%. And and again, like, you know, it's no surprise to me that the the only Leaf goal comes off the stick of William Nylander. He was, for all intents and purposes, the the Leaf player in this series that most wanted to win. And I just, like, I look at them, I don't even know if they want to win. Like, it's, it's, I, I don't get it when you... When you're Austin Matthews and you run away with the rocket this year, one goal, that's not enough. And and it, like I know time and space gets taken away. I know that it becomes more difficult. I know Carey Price can go into these stretches where he's nearly unbeatable. If you're Austin Matthews, at that and average annual value, you need more than one goal, period. You do. You know what, uh, what it answered, though? Whoever wins the that. Colorado Vegas series will face yeah. the winner of the Winnipeg-Montreal series. Two highest uh, seeds remaining are both in the West Division. Two lowest mm-hmm. se- seeds remaining are Winnipeg and Montreal. So at least we have a, a nice kind of carrot. a bracket. We have a bracket now. We do. We do. And it's it's a nice carrot there, right, for, for Vegas, yeah. Colorado, because, it, you know, no matter how you slice it, like, if you're if you're Boston, if you're the Islanders, you've got to go through either Carolina or Tampa. That's that is a a very very tall task. And for Colorado Vegas, you you have an opportunity to to play a team in in Winnipeg or Montreal that just isn't one of those other four teams. Carey Price recorded the sixth series clinching win of his career. That total includes three Game 7 victories, which is tied with Ken Dryden for most by a Habs goalie. <laughs> yeah, Carey Price is a good goalie. Um, he's in, and he's got that clutch game, right? Like, he, he's one of those guys that in those big moments, he seems to go out there and, and lays it all out on the line. Like, if you're, if you're taking a goaltender right now in, in, a, you know, in a Game 7, it's hard to look past Marc-Andre Fleury for sure. Uh, Carey Price is is right there with him, in my opinion. Like he, he knows how to close out a series, that's for sure. Here's more Carey Price stuff. He's the only player that makes ten plus million dollars from the eight teams remaining in the playoffs. The only player yeah. of the eight teams remaining that makes ten million dollars or more. The Maple Leafs had three, failed to win. Wow. Yeah, it's astounding. It's astounding. It really is. And, like, it, you know the funniest thing is? I kept saying this is unbelievable, knowing no, full well that it was. It's the most ex- full well that it's absolutely believable. The most unexpected expected collapse ever. <laughs> like, Mitch Marner hasn't yeah. scored a goal in 18 straight postseason games. Since he signed the contract, right? Insane. Yeah. Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, Tyler Toffoli, and Eric Gustafson who all joined Montreal this season, combined for two goals, three assists for five points in Game 7. Yeah. 
Wow. The the lasting image for me is Tyler Toffoli giving um, Corey Perry a hug. Like just the the absolute galaxy brain explosion that went on that that went on for me was too hard to, to deal with. It, it's it's a former king and a former duck just finding joy in the collapse of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, you know how I feel about Corey Perry going back to last year in the bubble. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just I, he's a gamer. He, you don't yeah, he you don't want to play him. But I love that guy. What he does in front of the net, what he can do to get you off your game, everything. And that was, wow. And how about Mark Bergevin? Like just styling down there as the team comes off the ice in his red blazer, <laughs> wavy hair. Uh, those are your one-timers uh, for this Tuesday, June the... Yeah, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hello, hello, hello. VGK Insider Show getting ready to wrap it up with the Catching Up with Chapman segment. Why do we have more time here? Did I break early last segment? No, not really. We're, we're right about where we're normally at. We're at 50. It concerns me when you have too much time. Well, the the thing was, I was going to use this segment to eat crow, but uh, Reed already served me a nice piping hot plate of crow. So uh, it's a good thing I had a backup plan. So, Darren, you're probably aware of it because you will be, I believe, traveling to Tokyo for the Olympics. But they added a couple of events this this go-round. They brought baseball and softball back. Just go around? Yeah. They, this Olymp- otherwise known as an Olympic cycle. Yes, the Olympic cycle. They added like surfing, surfing, which which was kind of cool. We were actually going to head up to Chiba to see some of the surfing. Obviously, that's not happening. But they also added three-on-three basketball. Yep. Now, the U.S. women were led by Las Vegas ace Kelsey Plum. She actually took a, took some time off from the team. Traveled to Graz, Austria, where she helped the U.S. women qualify. They finished in the top three, which is what you needed to do to participate in the Tokyo Olympics. It's an eight-team tournament. U.S. men's team, despite being ranked in the top five in the world, they are the reigning world champion in three-on-three basketball. Somehow Serbia, Russia, China, and Mongolia were ranked ahead of the U.S. men. Despite no, all good basketball nations. Yeah, Mongolia? I didn't know they played. Internationally? Oh, yeah. So the U.S. men had to participate in a qualifying tournament, mm-hmm. which they did over this past weekend. The only player on the team I'd ever heard of was Robbie Hummel. He speaks highly of you. Yes. He played in the NBA, also <laughs> played overseas. He was an all-Big Ten forward at Purdue. Okay. The U.S. men lost. Who did they lose to? The Netherlands. Dutch? The U.S. men will not be participating in three-on-three basketball. Did the Dutch wear wooden shoes? I believe so. They clicked and clocked go. as they... I'm Dutch, I can say that. Yes. So the U.S. men will know, will not be a participant in the three-on-three basketball in Tokyo Olympics. I don't know how that's feasible. How the U.S. Why, men... do you think they should cancel the tournament? No, no. I just don't understand how, how the, <laughs> the... We literally dominate the world in basketball. You lot. Chapman, yes. Chapman, they lost the qualifier. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. But but to me, this would okay. be like Canada not qualifying for the Olympics in hockey. 
No, it's not. It's three on three. I, but it's still basketball. We we should we should be able to roll out a couple of former NBA guys. But you like didn't. Good NBA guys. But you didn't. I know. If you don't do it, but even you deserve even, to lose. Here's the thing. Even our even our scrubs should be better than the Dutch. Hey, Canada needed a good result today at the World Hockey yeah, Championship. They, did, they got it just to back into the quarterfinals. Kazakhstan and Germany was that it? And they did, but <laughs> we Canada. I say we haven't sent our best to the World Championships. And when you don't send your best or your second best, and you and you have to put together a team, a makeshift team, you're going to be in tough. Yeah, but the and thing it's is, we, no different basketball, curling, or baseball. We shouldn't be losing to the Dutch. Why? Because they're trying too. I know they're trying, but we we should be able to have a team that beats the Dutch. I'm sorry. You know what? Let's just you're, you're let's on, send you're them on an island here, buddy. Let's send a note <laughs> to the IOC and just say, <laughs> you've got those types of connections. Canada or the United States, uh, when they can't send their best in either basketball or hockey. The tournament just shouldn't be no, played. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that they shouldn't play the tournament. I'm just saying it's embarrassing that the U.S. did not qualify for this three-on-three battle. That's a wake-up call. You got to send a better team. Apparently, yeah, they need to send more than Robbie Hummel and the three guys I've never heard of. You ever go to some of those three-on-three to... basketball tournaments? No, but They're I've watched awesome. it on TV. They're I, awesome. The, the big three, right? Ice Cube is is the guy who's behind that. They had the finals here in Vegas a couple years ago. Did you go? No. <laughs> But I did get to talk to Ice Cube, which is kind of cool. This, this this whole thing hurt me so bad. It does. It does. I, I don't know what he expected. Who's like he's, with me? This he, is embarrassing. He he's embarrassed. Lose to the you but lost. They, but they you sent lost. a terrible okay. team. Mongolia is better than us. Mongolia. Mongolia. They have they like 50 people that live there. You have no clue. <laughs> For such a world traveler, you have no clue about the earth. <laughs> thanks to Rita for stopping by, and thanks to Logan Thompson, and congratulations, AHL Goaltender of the Year. This is the BGK Insider Show.